0: There's a few things in my life have have shocked me. In fact, quite a few things have shocked me. But one thing that really shocks me biblically is who God uses. This gives me hope. He used Nebuchadnezzar to do his will. He called Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. That's why I didn't have any trouble with Trump at all. No, I had no trouble with him. He's not nearly as bad as Nebuchadnezzar was. And he says, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. My servant, Cyrus. Cyrus wanted to let him go back and paid for it and guarded him to go back and rebuild the temple. That's the God we serve. Uh, he can do it. He can do it, man. Don't, don't, have, don't have little faith. Have great faith in the God we serve. He can throw things around, change things, put one kingdom up, one kingdom down. Uh, he can do anything. It, it just cry out. The righteous cry the Lord, hear, and deliver them all the trouble. Many afflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivereth them out of all. The angels of the Lord gather around, uh, round about them that fear him and delivereth them. I just believe the Bible. I'm not going to, I like Harold. Let me give you an impression of Harold. I just believe. I just believe God can answer prayer. He always did this. He kind of leans back and goes, are you all got that? Tough crowd. But, uh, I'd rather err on being positive than I would err on being negative. That's, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can say, well, God, you know, he you can't change his mind. I was just reading this week. I just tell my brother. The children of Israel sinned. God said, I'm going to destroy them as one man, and I'm going to raise for, up from you another nation. And, and oh, my, Moses began to intercede and said, you know, he, he began to talk to God, and he says, now, what will, what will the?" What will, the, what will Egypt think? What will the heathen think? You brought the, your people out of Egypt to destroy them. What, what, what will your reputation be when you do that? And the Bible says, God says, I repented of what I was going to do. So can God repent? In that way he can. Can you change the mind of God? According to the Bible, I believe you can. I believe God wants to save America. Why? Because he always wants to save everybody. He's not willing that any should perish. So he wants to save America and he wants us to pray for it. And maybe he'll repent of the evil that he's planned for us. Amen? He could repent of that evil and say, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to give you a little more time. Give me four more years. How about that? Well, anyway. I like it. Rahab. uh, She was a harlot. God uses her Now, You know, the Bible does not recommend you becoming a harlot to get used of God. For just Bible interpretation's sake. You don't become a harlot so God will use you. But Rahab already was a harlot. Now, she probably had all kinds of troubles. and And we look down at people. Now, humanly speaking, Uh, an active harlot would be looked at a little negatively by this crowd. Why? Because you're not there. That's not where you're at, right? And you shouldn't be, right? You shouldn't be. And what she was doing was wrong. It was sin. But God said, I'm a lot younger than you now. But God said, uh, God said, she you know, okay, so what saved what saved Rahab? It wasn't her lifestyle. It wasn't she had good common sense. It wasn't that you know what saved the girl? She believed. she was a heathen. she wasn't even an Israelite. She was a, of the people that he had dedicated to destruction. He said, "When you go in Jericho, don't leave anything alive that breathes." Right? You read it? You know that? That's big, right? Have we ever done that? We've never done that. When we conquer people, or when, even when Japan conquered people, and even when Germany conquered people, we didn't kill all their dogs and cats and their, and their animals, their horses and their sheep. And we, He said, but everything that has breath, you come in and kill it. everything. Women pregnant, kill them and their child. Kill all the babies. Now think about what he was doing. That was like, whoa. Think about what the Israeli soldier had to go through. Because do you ever, for, as a soldier, do you, would you ever forget doing that? No. Did they beg you to live? Yeah. Did you kill them anyway? Yeah, because your God said to do it. They were cursed. They call it dedicated to destruction. How in the world did Rahab, which was one of them, she just believed God, and she believed him in a real small, I think in somewhat of a small way. I mean, the two spies came to her, and she hid them from being found out and gave them some good advice, go to the mountains for three days and then go back. By the way, I've been there. From Jericho, you look over, let's see, you look east, and there 's mountains there 's mountains, not far away, about three miles, four miles away there 's a set of mountains that 's the mountains they went up into, about three miles over to the west there's a great plain, and it goes to the Jordan River. They could see all of those two and a half million people camped out, not quite two and a half million, because some of them stayed on the other side. But the warriors came over on this side, plus there are ten tribes, actually, I think it was uh Ten and a half tribes. Or was it nine and a half tribes? Well, anyway, two and a half tribes stayed on the other side. So they came over and their campfires, they could see it from those 80-foot walls. They could see all that. Oh, easily. So she said, Well, you guys go, they're gonna go this way and hunt for you. You go this way, and wait three days and come back. She assisted them. That's all she did. She believed that God, she said, We've heard about God, we've heard about what happened in Egypt, we've heard about all this. And by the way, Moses was right when he prayed and said, the heathen are listening. The heathen are paying attention. He was right. Because she had been hearing, she heard the rumor that the God, of, the God of all that is, the great that took him out of Egypt, drowned all the, Israel, all the Egyptians on the shore, was coming to get us. Scared? believe God in that simple way. And look at that. By faith, Rahab, the harlot Rahab, perished not with them that believed, not when she had received the spies with peace. God's mercy is demonstrated even to the most vile heathen, if they'll believe. That encourages me when I go door to door. Amen. I can go door to door. I went door to door one time. and I've told you this illustration where I stopped by a house and a woman was a stripper at the local club there. I lived up in Fort Myers. There was a club I can't remember the name of it right now probably a good, a good idea that I don't know the name of it but uh, Foxy Ladies and it was up there off of Fowler um, and she worked there and of course a lot of other bad things were going on when I called on the house there was about five men in her house and she came to the door scantily clad as you would expect and uh, I began to tell her about Jesus now why she let me even talk to her was a miracle, or straight up and down. She took the time. She, bit. She, she got real somber, and she says, God can't save me. I said, why? She said, I'm too dirty. I'm too dirty. She said, you have no idea what I've done. I said, I don't want to know, but I believe that you are savable. In fact, I said, your sin qualifies you. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Until you realize you're a sinner, you cannot be saved. I don't care how much you want to go to heaven. If you don't realize you're a sinner in violation of God's law, you cannot be saved. You have to realize you're lost before you get found, amen? And so she realized she was a sinner, so she already had the first step down. I thought, you're getting close. You're close to being saved. I began to tell her the gospel, and tears kind of getting her eye well up in her eyes, and she she was... uh, Shocked, I think, in some way that God they, somebody was talking favorably about her being saved. Now I said, You need to repent of what you're doing turn away from it. Well, some of the men began to hear me talk to her, and you know, they they came up, shut the whole thing down, shut the door, and threw me out. But uh, I wasn't out, I was outside, but she told me to leave. And I don't know if the old girl ever got saved or not, but I thought of Rahab. I thought of Rahab. These are the people that get saved, hey, amen. These are these are the prospects that get saved, people like Rahab. Well, what a deal, God used uh. As you know, in the list of the genealogy, I think it is in it is Matthew or is it in Luke? I never can remember which book. There's a genealogies. You have two genealogies. Um, one of them uses uh, uh, Bathsheba as part of the lineage of Christ. Uh, Rahab is part of the lineage of Christ. And Tamar, which was a bad girl, uh, was also part of the lineage of Christ. So Tamar, Rahab, Bathsheba, all three bad girls, by the way, don't you give Bathsheba a break. She was a married woman. She had no business going to David. She could have said, well, you can kill me, but I ain't coming. Amen. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, Bathsheba was a bad girl. And uh, David also was, but Bathsheba was too. So anyways, he uses them if you'll submit yourself to God. Having faith, believe, he'll use you. So nobody's not usable. We're all usable by the grace of God if you'll submit yourself to God. I believe that's a lesson, big lesson. Now, then it kind of goes in rapid naming. Of of general lists of people without naming a lot of them or any of them, almost those names a few of them, we see in verse 32 all the way to 40, the end of that chapter 11. This will be it. What shall I say then more? Or what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, you know his story. Most of you know the Bible. Barak, and of Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel and of the prophets. Now, they just got honorable mention. What I wanted to bring out about that is is, uh, Barry. You know the story of Barry. People come to me and sometimes, and, and women, please, please, please understand, it's a man's world. It is not a woman's world. Men are the head of the world. And they're responsible for what's going on. Now, you women should say amen to that. Amen. He made Adam in control of the thing, and he never rescinded that that fact. And so, at least in some way, you girls can say, "Well, it's his fault." I suppose you could do that, and then you're you're right on that. But um, feminism has even crept into the church culture. The Bible is not culturally sensitive. It's not culturally sensitive. This Bible is as good for the Arabs. Good for the Africans. Good for the Asians. They all got different cultures than us. But there is no culture. And the culture, the Bible overcomes culture. It sometimes will use culture and inculcate culture. It doesn't necessarily destroy culture. Like let's say we have a culture that people wear hats. The Bible says you can wear a hat, except when you pray. Men can't wear a hat when they pray. Women are supposed to cover their head when they pray. You girls don't, but nevertheless. You get to heaven, you'll be. You talk to me about that, but, oh, brother, I stirred that up, didn't I? Some people think hair is their covering, so women are not to be shaved-headed. So I take that there. That's at least a two-thousand-year-old problem. So uh, you do whatever you feel comfortable with on that between you and God. But um, it mentions Beric. People come to me, the feminists say, "Well, Deborah." She led. And they're trying to say that women should lead men. They'll say, well, Deborah led? Oh, really? How's the Bible handle it? And Barak. Deborah Deborah was used of God, mightily, greatly. Wonderful. But Beric gets the credit. Because it has to do with headship. It has to do with authority. And that's just God's way. Uh, Brother Harold wants me to do five minutes on male leadership because it's just almost not talked about today. He wants me to do on... I, I had a sermon I preached. You remember that sermon I preached on uh, where I said there is no legitimate leadership except male leadership? No, that's a statement right there. Well, that one on the internet. I got like 45,000 views on that. And, and no, a lot of them are good. I couldn't believe it. I thought they were all bad, but I got on a read, started reading, reading, don't read the comments on your blog. I started reading, but I mean, they are like, the guy said, hey, shut up, man. That's the Bible. You know, some guy would knock me. He said, well, shut up. That's just the Bible. And so they go back and forth on their blogs and all that. But, um, you know, he wants me to do five minutes. So I'm going to do five minutes next week on the Bible's teaching on male leadership. So I'm kind of refreshing myself here. Man. So I just want you to notice that. Barak, Samson, Jephthah. And it, who, who, through faith, subdues kingdoms? Verse thirty-three. This is the last part here. Yeah, I didn't touch it. Who, through faith, where, who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. Look real quick. I didn't touch it. Still up there. Obtained promises, stopped them out of lions. Well, who was to stop them out of lions? Daniel. So who are some of these people? They quenched the violence of the fire. That's the three Hebrew boys, right? But not just them. Escaped the edge of the sword. There was a lot of people qualify for that. Out of weakness were made strong. Well, that would be Samson for sure. Wax Valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. That would have been Barak again and, and many other characters of the Old Testament. Women received their dead, raised life again, First Kings 17, 20, the Shunammite widow. And others were tortured. Uh, there was evidently many of them not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. That's a very interesting statement. Could they have been delivered? Well, they could have denied. What were they asked to do? Deny this or we'll kill you. They said, no, we're going to die. They obtained a better resurrection by holding to their faith. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Now, you know, why do men want to treat each other so badly? Why would anybody scourge anybody? You all familiar with scourging? Men are cruel, man. And yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. That's Micaiah, Micaiah. And uh, they were stoned, and they were, of course, many of those. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They were, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute. Yeah, keep that up. Verse 37 inflicted, tormented. Of whom? the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, and caves of the earth. That had been Elijah for sure. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. I have in my notes here, this is the way God allows His children to be treated. I think you need to. Sober, we all need to sober up on that one. Not that we're drunk, but we need to be sober, vigilant. Uh, God will sometimes allow His sweet people, His the people that love Him, to go through what you just read, sawn asunder. So, what what the conclusion of that is? God cares more about your spiritual maturity than He does your physical body. And the Jensen said. Amen. That didn't happen by accident. Genesis did not have two accidents. They had a foreordained plan of God to grow them. He's growing you, man. This is school. This is boot camp. Boot camp, get it? I thought that was good. Boot camp. And I mean, I don't want to go to boot camp. Since you had your leg done, since you had your leg broken, man, my wife tried to kill me. She tried breaking my this right leg right here would have been broken had God Almighty and the angel didn't come in and save me. My wife tried to run over me a golf cart. I mean, I mean, I, she says it wasn't intentional, but you know, broken legs, broken leg, intentional, and unintentional, doesn't make any difference. But man, I was just miraculously delivered just a week after he fell. I thought, oh Lord Jesus, not me. I don't mind him suffering. I'm for you, brother. But uh, like once ago, I said I'm, I'm, I'm behind you, but way back, way back behind you. God's putting you to school. God cares. This will help you for, to keep you from getting bitter at God. God cares about your spiritual maturity more than He does your body and short-term pain. You born-again believers in this room have an eternity of painless. Tearless, deathless time. What's 30, 40, 50 years of pain? In the big picture. In the big picture. But boy, we're like, we're like, ah, I know I am. I don't want to suffer. You're crazy if you want to suffer. I mean, why would you want to suffer? But when God brings suffering, it, you got to look at it like it's, it's boot camp. It's, it's, it's time to learn something. It's time to be different. Because I'll guarantee you, Brother Robert Jensen, otherwise known as Bob Jensen, will not be the same guy he was after he gets where he can walk again. He will not be the same guy. And neither will Vera. Vera already got right with God. She got rid of her flip-flops. I may, I may agree, flip-flops are of the devil. Flip-flops will hurt you. If you don't believe it, ask Vera. Okay, so I go on, verse 40. God, having provided some better thing for us, what did this talk about? I believe all the people mentioned in chapter 11 had to do with the Old Testament saints and maybe the intertestamental period. This was written probably about 60, 65 AD. So this was after the death of Christ, of course. The church is well on its way. Uh, we don't know who wrote the book, possibly Paul Apollos or something, but it was inspired of the Holy Spirit. And so he's looking back at the people that have come already and gone. God having provided some better thing for us. New Testament saints, you got the best of the best. New Testament saints, you got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. New Testament saints. You got the Word of God, New Testament saints. You got the local church, New Testament saints. Ooh, you got it way better than those old boys before us had it. Now the church is different from Israel. It is, and no doubt about it in the Bible. But they, it said. Here's why I know that. This verse separates them. This verse separates the church in Israel. Right here, it says that they without us should not be made perfect. The Old Testament saints are waiting for the completion of the church and God's plan so we can all be glorified together and receive our new bodies and promises of fellowship and bliss. The Israel and the church are are different, but yet we are all the people of God. We're all still the same. We're all the people of God. How is Adam's sin saved? By the blood of Jesus Christ. How is the last guy that ever gets saved sin covered? By the blood of Jesus Christ. We're all having one thing in common, that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, is what cleanses us from all sin. We may be in Israel and have the promises of Israel, be a Jew and all that, or we can be in the, in the church of Jesus Christ, which is coming up, by the way, coming up on 23rd. 23... I'm not a debt setter, setter. I don't believe in setting. I think you're going to be made a fool when you start setting dates. But 2032, April 2nd, April 2nd, 2032, it'll be exactly 2,000 years Jesus is crucified. He was crucified April 2nd, I believe, or April 4th, I think it was April 2nd, 32 AD. So we're still not quite 2,000 years. God does love in millenniums. He loves millenniums. You know that from the millennium to come. So will that be the end of the age? I don't know. I don't know one thing, you're going to make it. How many here are going to make it to 2032? Raise your hand. Two of us. That's only 12 years. You guys are going to all, i got a lot of funerals to do. Y'all ain't leaving me, are you? Don't leave me. Don't leave me here with these young people. But uh, anyway, that's chapter 11. i got to quit there.